Welcome, my pretties. Please do come inside, grab a beer, and have a seat, because things are about to get spooky. Hello and welcome to the Spook Inn. This is the show where I drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Seth. And today on the show, I am drinking Tug O Man O War from the late great Indiana City and Spookin' with The Purge. All right, let's take a look at this beer I have, as I said, from Indiana City. It's uh, the last of the Doodle Crew because Indiana City has now closed for good, unfortunately. I was very sad about this news, but luckily we still have a lot of other breweries around here to choose from. But on this can, we have a tug-of-war between a bunch of jellyfish, a man-of-wars, I guess is what they're called, and it looks like an under-the-sea purge, essentially. Got a lots of different angry jellyfish. This one's got a cute little smile, but the rest have, like, angry faces, and uh, it looks like the little tentacle things are almost coming out of some of their mouths, so it almost looks like they're vomiting or something it's pretty cool can i like all of this cartoony designs that they do uh, hopefully they continue to do can art for a different brewery or something but i'd hate to see them go away but this is uh seven percent seven point five percent abv ibus are not listed and it contains amarillo chinook and eureka hops it's a double dry hopped hazy ipa just like all the rest as far as the color of the beer, it's not far off from the rest of the ones in this series. It's a dark golden orange in somewhere in that second row on our, or almost to the third row on our Geek SRM. I'm probably going to go Blanca Shorts on this one, which is number 11 on our scale. Between 11 and 12, not quite to 13, I don't think. Smell-wise, let's see what it's do the little sniff test and see what we got very sweet citrusy smell say that three times fast you get a little bit of that like caramely hop scent or uh honey a little bit of pininess to it but it smells really good it's all the way up to the top of my glass so i can't get a good swirl to really open up those aromas but uh i'll drink some down now and maybe i'll get a more uh, an idea of what it smells like in a moment it's got a great mouthfeel on it. Pale. Uh, there's just, uh, it's very smooth, nice sweetness with a little bit of a, a piney aftertaste, but it's really, really good. To compare it to another beer you might have heard of, it's similar to the Hop Slam from Bell's Brewing, which I also like that one a lot. It's got like an, a honey, hoppy honey taste. Right, I just pulled this guy up on untapped, and I see there are only 240 radians. Average is 3.78. No friends to that have checked it in, so I can't comment on their check-ins. But I'll scroll through here, see if anybody else I know might have tried it, or uh, anybody that left a good comment. Scott Shover said, My last beer at Indiana City. Tremendously bummed that they are closing shop. I still remember drinking a mythical apothecary here on a brew bus visit, which really amped up my interest in IPAs. And he gave it a four and a half. Yeah, uh, it's so sad that they're closing. I'm very dis upset about that. But 
I'm glad this guy opened up his world of IPAs because they make made really good IPAs. Not your typical hazy IPA, a bit creamy and caramely, which I think I kind of said that. Like there is a caramelness to it. He gave it a four. He checked it in at Brew Burger in Keystone or on Keystone. Let's see if there's one more rule of threes and all. Here we go. Simon King, cold. I don't know if my beer was a little stale, but it was a little flat. I think this beer would have been much be- better fresh. Otherwise, a good hazy IPA wasn't as drying as I would have expected. Solid IPA overall. You give it a three and a half. I would say that's too low. Let me read one more. A little bit more positive review to end on. Sarah Penny, I like this brewery, and I'm doing trivia questions from a Goodwill game. Hashtag winning. And she gave it a four. Not really about the beer, but that'll have to do because I don't see any more. And now I got to check it in my on my own time or on myself. All right. I said sweet up front and a bitter finish with a great mouthfeel and gave it a four and a half. I was wavering. I almost gave it a 475, but there is this slight little grassy aftertaste that just knocks it down a little bit. But the the sweet upfront kind of melon, caramel, honeydew flavor, that's where it's at. If you can just get past that little bit of a bitter afterbite, you're golden, just like the beer itself. You know what that sound means. It's time for the annual Purge. The Purge is an American anthology media franchise centered on a series of dystopian action horror films distributed by Universal Pictures and produced by Blumhouse Productions and Platinum Dunes, which are written and in some cases also directed by James DeMonico, who was inspired by a Star Trek, the original series episode, The Return of the Archons. The film's present a seemingly normal crime-free America in the near future. However, the country is a dystopia which celebrates an annual national holiday known as the Purge, a day in which all crime, including murder, becomes decriminalized for a 12-hour period on March 21st. The franchise began in 2013 with The Purge, directed by DeMonico, who also directed two of the sequels and wrote the screenplays for all films in the series. In addition to the films, the franchise has spawned a 20-episode television series which premiered on September 4th, 2018 and concluded in December 2019. DeMonico wrote its pilot episode. The franchise has received a mixed critical reception mainly for the screenwriting and cliched stories, but was praised for the concept, acting, style, and action sequences. The franchise has grossed overall over $450 million against a combined production budget of only $53 million. All right, let's talk about the movies real quick and give a short plot description of each one. The Purge from 2013. The film depicts a wealthy family who acquired their wealth by selling security systems for use during the annual, annual Purge on March 21st, 2022. So that first movie takes place of March of last year. And uh, I can see they they weren't far off in uh, their prediction of, I mean, we aren't purging, but America is a little bit of a hellscape these days. That one stars Ethan Hawke as the father figure, the man selling the security systems. And 
it's more of a home invasion film than the rest it all takes place kind of in this one house that's locked down for the purge and there are criminals trying to get in or i guess they're not criminals because it's illegal but there are men trying to get in to kill the family it's pretty good i'll get to more of the how i feel about it later then we have the purge anarchy from 2014 unlike the first purge film which was set entirely in one house during the carnage anarchy follows a waitress and her daughter who go out to the los angeles area during the annual purge one year after the events from the first movie in 20 so this one takes place this year eventually running into frank grillo and an anti-purge group who offers them some protection this is the first one with frank grillo and he appears in the next one as well the purge election year from 2016 this film takes place during a presidential election year in the united states on march 21st 2040 so almost 20 years after the last one the election is between a member of the new founding fathers against a senator who wants to end the annual purge after losing her family as a teenager in the purge. Frank Grillo is in charge of protecting her until the election. This is when the series, I think, becomes a little more political and focusing on the new founding fathers, which is the political party that is pro-purge. And we get to learn a lot more about that group in the coming movies and in the television series next we have the first purge from 2018 this film takes place in the new york city borough of satin island on march 21st 2017 as the title suggests it is about the very first purge in the united states which is done as an experiment to combat crime and poverty the island is completely locked down for those who choose to participate and those who who do wear contact lenses with a built-in camera during the purge and will be paid $5,000 for staying on Staten Island, along with receiving additional money for full participation. Essentially, the government is going to this island, which is highly populated with minorities and low-income housing, low poor people, essentially, and paying people to stay there and saying it'll be safe uh nothing's no one's actually going to participate but then also paying people to participate so basically paying a group of mercenaries to wipe out this community next up we have the forever purge the film takes place nine years after election year in 2049 where the purge has been reinstated by the re-elected new founding fathers of america the going by the NFFA, in response to eight years without a purge, an anti-immigration hate group known as the Forever After Purge, which I think was going to be the original title, continue to purge beyond the end of the purge, proceeding to wipe out the government and take over major cities in the country to commence what they call a purification of the country, which primarily targets both immigrants and the upper class. So we learn over the course of these movies, it's basically the wealthy and the upper class and the people in the government wanting the purge to continue to happen yearly to wipe out basically the poor people and like clean up the streets as they, the way they put it, kill all the homeless people and wipe out any poor people that can't afford to protect themselves by with these 
these great security systems and whatnot and like the wealthy rich and wealthy can protect themselves and then the people in the government made it illegal to harm anybody who's like in a certain security level like the president and his cabinet and all them are protected because uh, it's illegal to it's still illegal to kill them on the perch then that movie ends with the purge continuing which i think i'll talk about a little bit more later when uh Maybe I don't have anything, but I guess they're currently working on another purge that takes place in the aftermath where every day is the purge and Frank Grillo is supposed to return for that. So that's pretty exciting. But that's where the series is at this point. Uh, now let's talk about the TV show, which takes place between the purge anarchy and election year. The Purge is an American anthology action horror television series based on the franchise of the same name and created by James DeMonico. The first season follows several seemingly unconnected characters as they experience the night, including Miguel Guerrero, a Marine searching for his sister, Penelope, who has joined some sort of death cult, Jane Barber, an executive who uses The Purge as an opportunity for revenge against her boss, Jenna and Rick Betancourt, married entrepreneurs who attend a purge party to seek investment capital from the wealthy purge supporter, and Joe, a factory worker that loses his job and goes out on purge night as a mask vigilante? Question mark. Uh, they cut back and forth these storylines throughout each episode, and I'll do a little mini ranking of these storylines before I get into my actual rankings of the movies. And I'm not going to include the TV series with that. I'll say whenever they get to Jenna and Rick, the married couple, uh, I lose a lot of interest in this show. So you can kind of fast forward through those scenes, I think. The executive Jane is a little bit more compelling because I can relate to the inter-office politics. There's like She's like the boss and there's people working for her that are fighting for some sort of promotion. And then she's also fighting for a promotion with her boss who isn't at the office but that's who she's hired someone to kill so that that's a little more interesting and then i think the miguel storyline is my favorite because it is more action oriented and closer to the frank grillo stuff that i enjoy from the movies which i'll talk about that shortly but in the end it becomes clear that joe is the character that ties all of these storylines together in a pretty fun way I guess all of these characters have somehow wronged him in some sort of petty way or less petty, depending on which person it is. And he eventually tracks them all down on the purge night and locks them up in a cell and has them like explain why they deserved a lot to live. Um, and then it ends with a pretty fun action scene. But I think that first season is really good. I, I, uh, if you like the Purge movies, I would recommend watching it. You can just skip through the, the uh, Jenna and Rick story, I think, and you'll be fine. Then the second season begins just as the annual Purge night draws to a close and follows characters dealing with the consequences of the night and investigating conspiracies in the year before the next Purge. This is a really interesting one because only the first episode and the last episode or something like that so like two out of the ten episodes take place on The Purge. The rest is kind of maybe three episodes of Max. Uh, the rest is all just like planning for The Purge, dealing with the consequences from The Last Purge and stuff. Uh, it's pretty fun just to see that side of the world. One story involves ex-police officers who have become bank robbers. 
And I've always wondered why, if all crime was legal, we never got to see a bank robbery or anything like that. Most of the mostly the movies just follow murderers. So I'm glad that they finally did something different with the character, the the world. Another story follows a NFFA detective following a suspicious killing of a scientist friend and discovers many of their peers have been killed in suspicious circumstances. So we get a lot of more insight into the NFFA's processes and how they're actually sort of evil in this storyline, so that's pretty fun. Another story includes college fraternity members who went out on purge night to collect items on a scavenger hunt before having to defend themselves and dealing with PTSD. Uh, These guys were shit asses. This is probably my least favorite story. So basically these two, one buddy kind of drags his other buddy out on purge night to do the scavenger hunt. The buddy that got dragged out falls into a trap and then his friend abandons him. Then he survives the trap and becomes kind of a obsessed with the purge and goes on like a killing spree. He's not even waiting for the purge. He's just like killing random people. It's pretty disturbing. Uh, There's a story about a husband and wife who survive an assailant on purge night only to discover that he was a hitman sent to kill the husband. And now they're investigating why and discovering kind of the secrets that the wife has and the whole neighborhood is essentially wanting them gone. Then we also get a nice little cameo from Ethan Hawke in the season finale. He installed the security system that the command center uses. And we know from the first movie that his security systems are faulty because he didn't expect to actually need to use them at any point. He didn't think people would purge or that the security systems were necessary, but it's nice to have him back as a little cameo and a nod to the original Perch. Clear connections between all these characters and stories become apparent as the plot unfolds just like in the first season, which is a fun thing to track. The Purge is meant to eliminate crime the rest of the year, but it becomes clear that it is just making people more violent all year, and the NFFA is covering it up because the Purge lines their pockets. The first season takes place in 2027, and the second season takes place between 2036 and 2037. Also in the first episode of the second season, we get another cameo from a character from the movies, and it's the woman who does the public service announcement about the purge. And it's cool that she's like auditioning to do the announcement that we hear in every movie, and she just thinks it's like, oh, what is this for, a, a movie? Technically, yes, but... This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of class four and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Uh, Now let's move on to my rankings. Number one for me is The Purge Anarchy, which is the second movie. This is the one that introduces Frank Grillo's character, becomes more action-oriented. We're out on Purge Night and uh, seeing, for the first time, all the crap that's going on. And Frank Grillo's just a badass in the movie. Uh, Number two for me is The Purge Election Year, which is the following movie. And a lot of people's favorites. I can see why. Uh, Frank Grillo's back. And then we are, he's like a 
security agent now protecting this senator who's running for president. She's running on a platform to end the annual purge. And the people who like the purge are wanting her gone. So he's got to really work hard to keep her safe. It's a really good plot and it's happening during the Hillary Clinton and Trump election in our world. So you can see the a lot of the political references because this senator that's running for president is a woman as well. So that one is really enjoyable. Number three for me is the original Purge, not the first Purge. That's coming later. The the first Purge movie uh, starring Ethan Hawke. I, I think it sets up this world in a really great way. It's a low-budget horror movie all set in that one house, like I said. And it just they come up with a lot of interesting concepts that sets up this world. And I think it's a great starting point. The number four for me is The First Purge, where they reveal where how the origins of The Purge. And we get to see like a lot of the NFFA. I don't know if that's what they're called in this movie. I assume they're, they're called that. But it's like the government officials that are planning this purge and like their reasonings behind it. And then finally, number five is The Forever Purge, which is the one from 2021. Like, it's not a bad movie. It's still enjoyable, but they really don't do anything new. It's just about, like, a group of Mexican immigrants trying to, in Texas, trying to get back across the border before Purge and during the Purge. Just kind of trying to escape the country. And that's, like, an interesting juxtaposition from the real world where... We're all constantly shown on the news how immigrants are trying to get from Mexico into the United States, all the caravans and all that bullshit. Uh, well, now we're seeing it the opposite way, where they're trying to get out. So I think that's pretty fun. Now it's time to get into the music. This is from the first Purge movie. It's the theme song. Taglines from this one are... One night a year, all crime is legal. Survive the night. Reminder, all emergency services will be suspended for a 12-hour period during the purge. If on one night every year you could commit any crime without facing consequences, what would you do? And you find folk. Nathan Whitehead is best known for composing the dark textural scores of the Black Buster film franchise The Purge which you're listening to now I think this song is great it really sets the tone for this universe it's pretty simple but uh, also kind of tense and I think it had pretty good taglines that really uh, set up what this film will be Let's go on to the Purge Anarchy. As a composer and arranger and producer, Nathan's work has spanned genres ranging from the comedies Keanu and Killing Hesshoff and to the action thrillers like Purge Electioneer and Transformers Dark of the Moon. Recently, he completed the score 
to feature films beyond Skyline and Akiva Goldsmith's Stephanie. This is the theme for Anarchy. It's starting to kick in here. Taglines for this film include Welcome to America, where one night all a one night a year all crime is legal. An American tradition. United we purge. The annual purge has commenced. And the new founding fathers of America invite you to celebrate the your right to purge. And this is where we're getting into the political things more in this movie. We there's some really great scenes with like underground shit that's going on during the purge but uh this song is great very still very sinister i like the beat feels like it's kind of charging forward let's move on to election year kind of a similar start they kind of ramp up and get build up that base taglines for this include I purged like play on I voted I think it's even on the poster as like a sticker for one night only America invites you to its annual tradition Keep America great. Purge for the people. Purge for the nation. Purge for the power. Purge for your liberty. Purge for the glory. Really getting into the action here of the song. You can kind of see how the... the, theme is building on itself each time. Well, let's see what the pur- first purge has to offer. I'm not sure if this is the actual theme from the movie. It's more of a rap song, but it, it fits the mo- movie based in Staten Island, kind of taking place on the first purge, so it could be. It's definitely from the soundtrack, I know that. I just don't know if it's considered the theme. Taglines include, witness the birth of an American tradition, citizens join the first purge. A nation reborn. It changed our country. It challenged our beliefs. Now witness how it all began. The movement that begun as a simple experiment. Kevin Lax is a rapidly emerging composer known for his compelling, versatile, and skillful written music, having scored the 2018 film The First Purge and just wrapping a delightful film called... Juanita for Netflix. Kevin finds himself amid a growing demand for his finely crafted music, relishing in the opportunity to collaborate with inspired and dynamic filmmakers. 
Now let's move to the Forever Purge, because I know this is the theme. There's one tagline. For this, the rules are broken. John Andrew Grush and Taylor Newton Stewart, known collectively as the Newton Brothers, are American film composers, record producers, conductors, and multi-instrumentalist. Their work includes scores for several films with director Mike Flanagan, having composed for every project of his since Oculus and various other films and television series. They are not related. And this is like America the Beautiful or whatever. Very fitting for this film. Sea to shining sea. All right. Finally, we have the theme song for the Purge series, TV series. We got that siren in there, letting us know it's Purge is about to commence. And that's it. Short theme, but also very cool. A couple of taglines for the show are, will you hide or will you seek? What if one night a year all crime, all crime was legal and cruelly murder? And one night a year, all crime is legal. What would you do? Would you run? Would you hide? Would you seek? Would you seduce hunts? Avenge, steal, lie, sacrifice, party, cheat, survive. Tyler Bates is an American musician, producer, and composer for film, television, and video game scores. Much of his work is in the action and horror film genres for films like Dawn of the Dead, 300 Sucker Punch, Halloween 1 and 2, and the John Wick franchise. So you know I have already talked about this man, in or I will be covering him in the Halloween episode. Uh, the Purge Season 2, just a couple of taglines include, Surviving the Night is Just the Beginning, and One Night a Year, All Crime is Legal, but Surviving the Purge is Just the Beginning, letting us know that this doesn't take place on the Purge, but after and before. But that will do it. I think I covered the whole franchise. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and what do you know it? The sun's coming up. The purge is over, so I declare this meeting of Spookin' with Saf closed. Until next time, drink up, and pleasant dreams, everyone. <laughs>